Raging transformations, intergalactic threats, and power levels well over 9,000. We got Casey Watts Dragon Ball Z, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Quiet Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, weeb of all trades, and prince of all saiyans, PJ. And it's me, with the power level of five raddits, Skylar. And with us, as always, is our brand new recruit to Frieza's army, about to be made an example of, Casey. And hey, I think I've actually heard of this anime, mildly. I'm Goku. I mean, Casey. Well, if that in the episode title didn't give it away, this week we are watching Dragon Ball Z as we wrap up Shonen All-Stars Month with probably the most popular Shonen anime of all time, evidenced by the fact that Casey has at least tangentially heard about it. Hey, Dragon Ball, you're an all-star in Shonen. Hey. <laughs> actually, Casey, this is Dragon Ball Z, not Dragon Ball, because Dragon this Ball is, is a thing. So this oh. is actually our first time having you watch a sequel series, and it's Twist. definitely our first time having you watch a sequel series before the original series. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, Dragon Ball Z is just so indicative of what Shonen is as a genre and what it became as a genre based on its influence that it felt almost sacrilegious to not do Dragon Ball Z during Shonen All-Stars Month. Oh my goodness. This is a, so many twists just in the first like couple minutes of this podcast <laughs> twist so casey based off the name alone what did you think dragon ball z would be about i thought you were gonna say what did you think anime was <laughs> what's anime what no. is anime honestly no okay dragon ball z what i thought because i knew obviously like i've seen like just advertisements for it kind of in passing i thought dragon ball z was about like aliens with powers who like fight to the death kind of like a coliseum a la gladiator and mahumushi for that matter but in a tournament style a la mortal Kombat, which is a popular reference today okay Okay. i mean you definitely have some of the elements there and that's fair based on the fact that you know some of this based on like ads so i totally totally see where you would get that once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change a little bit? Not at all. I thought the same thing. Really? Even though they weren't in a Coliseum at all? No, I was like, oh, they just couldn't fit the Coliseum on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So then let's just go through the characters on the poster then, right? Let's start with the characters in the background. We have this tiny green monster. Yes. So starting in the background, the tiny green monster, I was like, is that Gil from Kim Possible? <laughs> At Camp Wanna Weave. <laughs> oh yeah, I was about to say. Does like, it the Camp not Wanna look Wanna exactly guy? like that? Yeah. I had a weird crush on him. I think it was the Same. voice, though. <laughs> God, but yeah, Skylar, thank you for coming out and being vulnerable and talking about the attractiveness of Gil. Because I also felt yeah, the same. No, it's definitely there. You're very The brave. devil works hard, but monster fuckers work harder. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's our shirt idea. <laughs> oh, damn, that was funny. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the monster fucker plug. Tell me about this tiny doll boy. Oh, I was like, is that like a mime baby? <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> mime baby. Hey, at least the mime baby would be quiet though, right? It's three yeah. men and a mime baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then tell me about the bald man in armor that they both seem to be surrounding. That's obviously Tom Selleck. Okay. <laughs> Tom Selleck. Um, bald Tom guy- Selleck has great hair. God, yeah. I know, but to- the mustache. Yeah, totally. Not every man with a mustache is Tom Selleck, Skylar. Are you sure? I hate sure? to break it to you. You know who Tom Selleck look- reminds me of? Who's the other guy who was in Smokey and the Bandit? <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Don't they kind of like Ooh. similar vibes? I thought you were just going to be like Magnum P.I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Him too. And Richard from Friends. 
Hawaii Five O. Weird how they all look alike. Oh God! No, but I the um, what about you though, Casey? What do you see him as? He reminds me of um, like this niche Family Guy reference about like the steak and eggs bald athletes when they were like steak and eggs and eggs and steak. That's what we eat for breakfast. Delicious. Yeah, like carnival muscle men. Yeah, carnival muscle men, carnies. So let's move then into the foreground. We have this green man with purple clothes. Okay, so you introduced me to a little game called Jump Force, which I enjoyed yes. uh, watching you play and then playing a little bit, even though I was terrible at the game. So I saw him in there and I was like, this guy is clearly a villain because like, why not? Green alien man. He looks kind of like Mojo purple. Jojo a little bit in some of his outfits. Like, with like uh, the head thing. I think Mojo Jojo might actually have his outfit a little bit based on Piccolo. I think, right? That makes sense. I mean, on be. this character, wink, wink. I mean, yes. <laughs> Anonymous. <laughs> PJ, stop bringing up instruments. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about him bassoon, okay? Um, <laughs> anyways, no, but um, I think he's probably not the villain. I think he's probably a sidekick, though. I think it's too easy for me to assume he's a villain. Okay, tell me about the spiky-haired man with armor on. Yes, so the spiky-haired man with armor on, so the guy who is the guy in the orange. Nope, that is not armor at all. There's a guy with such obvious armor, Casey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Blind. You know, the guy with armor, not the one with armor, the one in the orange key. That's what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> PJ, you should have just said spiky long hair. He would have said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the guy, that guy, um, he's like the champion of the tournament. I think he's actually the villain. And he like cheats to win because it's a tournament in my mind of what's supposed to happen. Okay. And then now let's talk about our main focal point, the spiky haired man with an orange gi. The guy with armor on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he is the hero who is fighting to save this planet. And then I thought about this. I'm like, am I just thinking this is Mortal Kombat now? <laughs> <laughs> full on because now there's someone who's cheating to win this tournament <laughs> he's and like then, the Liu Kang <laughs> so if he doesn't become terrible like Liu Kang Shh. oh my god Liu Kang by the way in the new um, Mortal Kombat movie so skinny Casey's, wow. Casey body shaming on the podcast I was like now. wow way to body shame you know what as RuPaul says if you can't body shame yourself how the hell are you gonna body shame everybody else <laughs> god that's that's terrible <laughs> oh wait maybe I'm I paraphrasing I don't love that at all <laughs> That's really toxic. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, with all of those predictions in mind, a lot of them being somewhat accurate, because, I mean, again, it's Dragon Ball Z, and you know a little bit about it. Let's take a quick break to watch episodes one and two and see just how true some of those are, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back. We had Casey watch episodes one and two of Dragon Ball Z. Casey, tell me, what do you think? You know, can I just say, first off, Gohan, I want you guys to know something because I know you thought Casey's <laughs> right. I knew you. I was like, at first, I was like, here comes this little brat. And then I was like, no, no. Okay. He's just, he's a child. He's like kind of fun or whatever. And then he got more annoying. And I was like, never mind. Why did I even give you a chance, he Gohan? Got lost in the woods. Uh, yeah. He's four years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will say, and I mean, not to spoil things, this is literally just because, like, I feel like it's so imperative to know. The entire, like, first, like, 20 episodes of Dragon Ball Z is just 
Gohan being forced to stop being like a baby. Well, so those 20 episodes could not come soon enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hate that child. I have so much to get to with this. Let's get through some housekeeping first. Go for it. So Dragon Ball Z is actually a sequel anime following the wild success of Dragon Ball, which ran from 1986 to 1989. Both are based on the same manga, simply titled Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is a manga written by Akira Toriyama. God bless his soul. That's playing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is written by Akira Toriyama, one of my favorite mangaka of all time, that ran in Weekly Shonen Jump from December 1984 to June 1995. Dragon Ball adapted the first 194 chapters of the manga, following Goku from the time he was a child to a late teenager, and we will certainly do an episode on it someday. Dragon Ball Z covers the last 325 chapters of the manga and follows an older Goku and his friends facing new enemies. Ah. The series ran from April 1989 to January 1996 with a total of 291 episodes. There are two sequel series to Dragon Ball Z, so they both cancel each other out as they both present alternate futures to the series. Dragon Ball GT, which is generally considered non-canon as it was not based on the manga, ran for 64 episodes between 1996 and 1997. Dragon Ball Super, which is considered canon, ran for 131 episodes between 2015 and 2018. Both will eventually get episodes on this podcast. There is an updated series, not quite a remake, just kind of like a redraw, named Dragon Ball Z Kai that ran from 2009 to 2011, then continued in 2014 to 2015, which cut out filler episodes, re-recorded audio, and did HD animation, and then cut the episode list from 291 to 167. Wow. Not counting Dragon Ball, GT, or Super, Dragon Ball Z has produced 15 films, 3 television specials, 2 OVAs, 57 video games, and 1 terrible American live-action version that actually doesn't exist, and I don't know what we're talking about. Oh my gosh. With all of that, let's run down episode one and two very quickly. Episode one picks up five years after the last episode of Dragon Ball. We see Goku, Chi-Chi, and their son Gohan living a somewhat peaceful life until Gohan kind of gets lost in the forest and lost in the woods. Goes on a little bit of a baby's day out adventure. (laughs) I said it was very Milo and Otis. It's very Milo and Otis until Goku eventually finds them because they have to head off to Masaroshi's place. Meanwhile, Raditz, a Saiyan warrior, lands on Earth in search of Kakarot, who we later find out is Goku's true name. He encounters Piccolo instead, and after a short scuffle where Piccolo doesn't even damage him, he heads off as he tracks Goku's power level. Goku is reunited with the gang from Dragon Ball at Kame House and introduces them to his son, which they are all shocked about. This is stopped as they feel a strong energy incoming, and Raditz arrives, and he reveals that Goku is not a human, he is a Saiyan warrior who was sent to destroy the Earth, and that Raditz is his brother. He needs Goku's help to destroy a planet, and when he refuses, he swiftly takes him out and kidnaps Gohan, and tells Goku he must kill 100 Earthlings or he'll never see Gohan again. And that's episode one and two of Dragon Ball Z. Um, so I thought Kakarot just was a slur, honestly. No. So actually, so this brings up a good point. So Akira Toriyama loves naming conventions. Like, oh my god, he loves it. So all Saiyans have vegetable names. So we have Raditz, which is like radish. Radishes. Mm. We have Kakarot, which is like a carrot. We have Nappa, like a Nappa cabbage. We have Vegeta, who is the prince of all the saints. So of course, he's just vegetable. vegetables. You have Turles later on, who is like lettuce. Isn't he like non-canon, though? He is non-canon because he's from other movies. But still, he's a Saiyan warrior. You have Broly, who is like broccoli. <laughs> um, but then and there's other characters. Like you have later on, you have characters like the Gods of Destruction. Oh, the alcohol. Who the Gods of Destruction and their angels are based off alcohol. Like you have Beerus, which is beer. 
Luis, which is whiskey, Champa, who's champagne. He loves being like, these people are all from this world, so they all have this type of name. <laughs> like Sailor Moon villains with minerals and crystals. Exactly. Mm. Like they love naming conventions in these 80s, 90s animes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, just for your knowledge, Casey, the show kind of progresses. Like within those 200 and some odd episodes, you get Gohan all the way until he's like in college. <laughs> so, like, you don't have to deal with little bitch Gohan for very long. The whole point of it really is a juxtaposition of Dragon Ball. Because when Dragon Ball starts, you have kind of like a mirror of this episode which is Goku at a similar age being fully self-sufficient like a little wild child little wild boy right Mm -hmm. living out in the woods by himself it's super self-sufficient and this is kind of a juxtaposition of that having Gohan having been born into this more pampered life more overprotective life not having that same prowess that Goku did Mm. well but you still get to see a lot of the fact that he has powers like Goku did back then yes that's that's true. I mean, I mean, didn't they like cut? They cut to it in the episode where they had like one scene where you see him and he's older. I believe, correct? Didn't that happen, or did I imagine that? No, you probably saw clips of Goku when he was young. Oh, see, I thought that was Gohan when he was. It's older. because all of them look the same. So Saiyans have very strong bloodlines, right? Gohan looks just like Goku did when he was a kid. When they eventually have their second kid, Goten looks just like Goku when he was younger. Like Saiyan blood is strong, except for some of them, because Trunks looks nothing like his dad. Hmm. PJ, can you explain something to me? Yes. Okay. So one thing I just think is really cute looking, those orbs or that thing with like the red star in the middle. Can you elaborate on those? These are, so he doesn't know this. So those are the Dragon Balls. So the Dragon Balls are the kind of the whole crux of the original series and become still important in this series. So when you gather all of the Dragon Balls, you get to summon the almighty Dragon Shenron, who will grant you a wish. Oh. So it's almost like collecting parts of a genie bottle, right? When you do that, you get to make a wish. So Dragon Balls are very sought after, obviously, for people they have this kind of limitless power so that's been like a big part during dragon ball which you know followed goku through the early part of his life is getting the dragon balls people making wishes once a wish is made they redisperse all over the world and you have to recapture them basically wow just a little tidbit just some history towards the end of dragon ball you get the evil king piccolo so Piccolo was one of the ultimate bads, King Piccolo, I should say, and Goku defeats him. But Piccolo has a hatchling son who is named Piccolo Jr. and is kind of part of the final, final fight of Dragon Ball. And he is the son of the evil king and he kind of tries to be evil, but he's the Piccolo that we encounter in Dragon Ball Z. So that's why, like, when you were like, he's the villain, I'm like, he was in Dragon Ball, but in Dragon Ball Z, he actually kind of slowly becomes the mentor to Gohan. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as kind of this mini arc happens, Piccolo's kind of like, I'm going to go raise this boy and make him stop being a little baby. Mm. And PJ has explained this to me, but Goku's a bad dad. Yeah, that's a popular theme. Goku is just a bad dad. And he's not the worst dad, I would say. I think he gets worse over time just because of writing. But the problem with Goku is he's only fight-focused. That's really all it is. His, he only considers fighting. That's his brain. And didn't you also, like, kind of mention that you think he's low-key asexual? Oh, he's 100% asexual. That's why people are like, you have a kid? Chicha uses him like a sex toy. This is, like, canonically low-key established in Super when Bulma and Vegeta kiss. And he's like, that's weird. And he's like, what do you mean it's weird? Don't you kiss your wife, Goku? And he's like, no, what is that? I don't know, guys. It sounds like Goku beat up that pussy. <laughs> I mean, he probably does, but he probably just thinks it's like a workout. Exactly. He's like, this is for fighting. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, like, Chi-Chi kind of tricks him into marrying her <laughs> because she's like, do you want to get married? And he's like, yeah. And then they start getting married. He's like, wait, I thought married was like a sandwich. Like, I thought you were offering me like food. <laughs> mm. so that's that. That is uh, how you got Skylar with a sandwich. <laughs> Honestly, that definitely is like high school Skylar writing for like trauma, like Play an the OC. Sound. But like Goku is just King Himbo. That's what you need to establish here. Yeah, there is no more Himbo than Goku. He is dummy dumb, hottie hot, muscle muscles. He's someone I can look up to and aspire to be. <laughs> As a, a, a who says some Himbo things myself sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, but let's actually talk about these episodes. So a big thing that I want to kind of get through is just, this isn't obviously the origin you get during Dragon Ball. That's why it's such a established thing here. In Dragon Ball, you just have like this little monkey boy named Goku. And it's like kind of this ode to Journey to the West, you know, very famous Chinese fable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a fun story. This series is where they're like, actually, hold up, stop on the brakes. This is an alien that was Superman. Mm. Yeah, I literally was just like, oh, so this is Superman, but with like murderous intent. It's kind of more like spoilers for Invincible. If you have not seen Invincible, cover your ears, fast forward 15 seconds. It's kind of like more Omni-Man than Superman. Okay. But it is a Superman parallel, right? The like, you were sent off to this earth as a child. You Mm. were found by this loving parent that raised you to be a good person. I love how violent he was up until his concussion. Well, because he had that murderous intent of a Saiyan. So, Casey, uh, you kind of get a little teeny glimpse of it. But you know how they kept talking about the tails, right? Yeah. Raditz is even like, Goku, where's your tail? And he's like, it was cut off at some point. The reason that the tails are so significant, and they even ask him about Gohan and the full moon, is because when a Saiyan with a tail sees a full moon, they transform into a giant ape. Like King Kong-sized ape, and just cause devastation. And this actually used to happen with Goku when he was a child, until they cut his tail off. I think it was Master Roshi that did, if I remember correctly, but it's been a while. Mm. So that is a thing that happens with Saiyan. So realistically, he was like a little nightmare of a boy, and the first time he saw the first moon, he would have just started devastating the world right yeah but that clearly didn't happen because of the concussion and because of the love of his grandpa gohan who then he named his son after but he was sent to earth to destroy it and that is why raditz is so mad uh because he's like you failed you failed Mm. yeah interesting wow no yeah i was wondering that too because i was like what is going on with this whole like the tail thing and then like then i was expecting the wife like is this gonna be some sort of bestiality thing where like goku is banging some ape lady so it, i'm glad you added some context to this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> chi is an ape oh my god yeah chi chi although that would be so cute <laughs> like I, an ape with like lipstick and a big wig on can i say when i was a kid i thought chi chi's thing was the funniest thing on earth oh because it like the dirty connotations yeah because like in spanish chi chi's kind of like slang for boob ah that makes sense and i started watching this in spanish as i've said a million times on this podcast yes right by the way pj you should go as piccolo for halloween because piccolo jr is also pj it's true oh. it Oh, idea. <laughs> I'd fuck Piccolo. Uh, though he doesn't really go by Piccolo Jr. anymore. He In Dragon Ball, he originally he was, was by PJ. Jr., <laughs> then he was Ma Jr., <laughs> but Piccolo Jr. Uh, but here in Dragon Ball Z, he really just goes by Piccolo. And, you know, he has a very interesting arc compared to Dragon Ball. He's kind of just at the tail end of Dragon Ball, but here he becomes kind of like part of the gang. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
Continuing back to like this first episode, I really like how much they established because they even talk about like Goku has saved the world, which is obviously a throwback to Dragon Ball. Like they clearly keep establishing amongst the gang, like Goku's so powerful, Goku's so powerful. And then Raditz just takes him out like nobody's business. And it's like, oh my God, if this person who has saved the world literally from like evil emperor kings can like just be taken out, like what hope is there type of thing, which I love when they set stuff up like that. Right. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I would like to talk about how they're wearing Ugg boots and they <laughs> are not Ugg boots. They're just <laughs> uh, boots. Uh, pull up a picture. Pull up a picture right now. Those I are I know Ugg what boots they look like. They're, they're not Ugg boots. <laughs> Can you imagine Goku walking around with an Ugg boots and Starbucks in his hand? Yeah, they have an Ugg boot. <laughs> they have a partnership with Ugg boots. <laughs> that would be so cute. Although that's probably would be make a lot of money. Dragon Ball Uggs get on on that together. Peach is like, I'm done with this podcast. (laughs) I love Goku's like little cloud floating power. I thought that was so cute. That is really cute. Oh, so yeah. So that's the flying Nimbus. It's a thing he actually got back when he was a kid in Dragon Ball. And it's this like sentient little cloud that helps him fly around. Later on in the series, they just learn how to fly. So like you don't see the Nimbus as often. But it's a fun little thing. Interesting. See, I thought I didn't know it was like a thing. I thought I thought it was like like a little power he just conjured. Yeah, no, it's like sentient. Interesting. It's like the Nimbus two thousand. Ooh, there you go. thank you for the translation. I love that. It was cute. I was thinking with Piccolo, I wasn't sure like if he was going to like team up with brother. Yeah, like I thought I was like, are they going to team up? What's about to happen with this going forward? But I'm glad knowing that like Piccolo is gonna like help raise Gohan and make him like much stronger. After thinking Piccolo was going to be so evil for a while, like never watching this show, I feel like really happy knowing he's not evil. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if you want that, watch Dragon Ball. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it's actually really interesting because it's kind of like Piccolo is like low key kind of Gohan's dad, right? Like he's kind of the one that actually raises him for various reasons I won't get into. But like even like at one point later on in the series, like he even chooses to start dressing in Piccolo's outfit. Yeah, I love mm. it. I would like to see it. And it's like a very beautiful little moment. This is a thing that is like so annoying to me as someone who like respects the good storytelling that was happening in Dragon Ball Z is fans oh. of Dragon Ball Z. Are they toxic? Yeah. So toxic. Dragon Ball Z has the most toxic fandom of all time. As someone who Dragon Ball Z is their favorite anime of all time, I can readily admit that most of the fan base is a problem. The trope is they're always like, well, they couldn't be Goku because like that's everyone's argument for everything over there. But Dragon Ball Z was really kind of meant to be Gohan's story. Mm. And you get that. And it's so good. Like Gohan has one of the most amazing moments in like the series about into the halfway point to 60% point of the series. And then the show was supposed to just continue being about him. But the fans were like, no, we still want Goku. And so Akira Toriyama was like, all right, I guess. And then Gohan just kind of fades into the background for a bit. And it always made me sad. Oh, yeah, that is sad. He clearly had like this idea of what he wanted Gohan to be. And he still utilizes Gohan a lot. Like Gohan never becomes like useless until maybe Super. But we're not doing Super this week. (laughs) (laughs) But realistically like i you could see the seeds if you keep watching it where toriyama really wanted to make this gohan show but the fans were like no goku yeah i always thought the the like the dragon ball z fans from like what i've seen online not intentionally seeking them out just you know always come across something like they always seemed like there's like a weird like masculine factor that they really cling on to well yeah it's 100 percent a masculine right you know 
Dragon Ball Z is the boys' anime. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the one that everyone has seen. Whether people that watch anime or not, they saw Dragon Ball at some point growing up. And it's super, like, you know, it's a bunch of guys, like, fighting and being strong and tough. And, like, even when there is, like, subtext or more important things, like, there are female characters that are really strong, like, are super cool. And you have very strong personalities. And it doesn't matter to them. Like, they're just like, I'm just here to watch Goku beat up an alien. Which is fun. That's what's fun about the show is these cool fights, these, like, long battles that, you know, lead to cool transformations. And that's what I love about it. But it's so macho, macho, rah, rah for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, frat boy. Primal, I would say. Kind of, like, just, like, very primal caveman. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, you know, it's kind of, there's, like, we talked about it a little in our collaboration episode with They're Not Cousins. It's very much like, oh, Dragon Ball's the boys' anime, Sailor Moon's the girls', girls anime. anime. Yeah. Ugh, the amount of times I have talked to, like, a DBZ fan, oh, you like Sailor Moon? That's a girls' anime. And it's just like, cool, yeah, I'm a girl. And you're like, oh, but she can't fucking beat Goku. It's like, I don't, I don't actually know that because, like, she does become, like, a fucking goddess of the universe. I mean, and like, so does Goku. I know. Kind of. You can't compare them though because it's so different. Yeah. yeah. Different rules apply to each universe. Yeah, that is true. I have also heard that too, Skylar, about like those kind of like gender role specific anime rules for Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon, which is so, so stupid. Anime is just like. <laughs> but also, like, I like Sailor Moon, and I have a penis. Right. You heard it here. Gender's confirmed on the podcast. <laughs> and Casey. Yeah, I, I just want to confirm I, too, have a penis. <laughs> and, I, and I also <laughs> love Sailor Moon. Yeah, it's fucking great. Does Dragon Ball Z have the complex emotions that Sailor Moon has displayed, though? That's the real argument. It can at times, but definitely not as intense as Sailor Moon. They're clearly very different audiences, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's a big thing between them two, right? Is because Sailor Moon is targeted towards girls, publishers are willing to let them get a little bit more emotional because they're like, yeah, girls are more sensitive. But when you have something like Dragon Ball Z, publishers are like, yeah, don't get super emotional. It's boys. It'll turn them mm. off. I have a fun question for you guys uh, that I think would actually interest a lot of our who would Who could beat Goku? <laughs> Can Sailor Moon Oh no, beat Casey's Goku? already turning. Oh, it's me. I'm turning into Super Saiyan Casey. That's seasons from now. Question for you both. Imagine a crossover episode between Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. What do you guys think the plot of the episode is? It'd both be food related. Ooh. Well, yeah. So a big thing with Shonen protagonists, but especially Goku, is he could just eat anyone at a table. Just eat all day. Eat all day long. But I think the plot of like a Dragon Ball Z Sailor Moon crossover. So here's the question. Is there a Moon Kingdom currently? No. No. What is out there that they're protecting? Is it just Earth? Earth. And then in the future, the 30th century, it's Crystal Crystal Tokyo, Tokyo, Mm -hmm. which is like a utopia. So then we'll just say, I think it would be something along the lines of there is some alien threat. Who's like a good like season one or two big bad from Queen Barrel. Sailor Moon? Queen, Queen Barrel, Barrel, for sure. Queen Barrel is being kingdom courted, not relationship courted by Frieza. And they're trying to meld their armies and they are going to launch a joint attack 
against the Earth because they've both been stopped by their warriors for so long. And you have the Z warriors. And the Sailor Scouts. And the Sailor Scouts. And they create like these like clones of them. And they send them out to attack their respective enemies. And they like take them out. And then they somehow end up back at the middle. And they start fighting each other. Like the real versions. Like it's actual Sailor Moon versus actual Goku. All that. And they're fighting, fighting, fighting. Until they like have that moment. It's pretty much the plot of Power Rangers versus Ninja Turtles. If we're being clear. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 against it not against it but then like they have that moment where they're like wait a minute you're not bad guys you're not bad guys and then they defeat them together oh yeah and then um sailor that. jupiter and piccolo fuck i've seen that i've seen that porn <laughs> i've seen this we talked before. about this casey we talked about this again in our kawaii desu cousins crossover that my first real exposure to sailor moon was sailor moon x dragon ball porn <laughs> you did bring that up and i'm not gonna lie i kind of want to see it <laughs> I've seen a lot of Goku fucking Sailor Moon time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I it's think- prevalent because they were the big two. They were the big two, you know? Oh, but here's the thing. I want to see side character fucking. Like, I don't want to see. It's too no, obvious. It happens. Plenty. It happens for sure. For sure. Okay. I'm going to, I'm writing this down as we speak. <laughs> Not everyone. to get too gross, but I saw uh, like reverse harem of Mars and Venus with Krillin. Of course it's Krillin. It's always Krillin. Krillin's got BDE. Interesting. Ah, poor Krillin. Okay. Okay. But you know what? Not poor Krillin. He literally gets the hottest character in the anime. That's true. Mm. Man, this should be at like our Patreon is us rewatching that. <laughs> like, or like some sort of like side channel is us watching this porn. Oh no. <laughs> if we ever get big, Casey, one of our tiers is going to be like for bonus episodes is they have to suggest hentai that we're going to subject you to. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm going to be like grabbing the popper. I'm like, go right. Go for it. I'm ready. Hmm. Also, comment <laughs> below, everyone. If you have your favorite Dragon Ball Z Sailor Moon crossover porn, put it in the comments yeah. below. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a very early exposure for me. You know, like the first suggestions are all going to be like Boca no Pico. <sighs> nope. No, no, no. I hope Sailor Moon, if there ever was a crossover episode, just introduced like Dragon Ball Z to some more queer, feminist, open-minded energy. That would be so fun for everybody. That would heal anime. They don't have a problem with that. It's the fanboys that have a problem with that. Uh, well, maybe it'll cure the fanboys too, because that's the it power won't. of that crossover. Yeah, because like I wouldn't say there's like super queer characters at any point in Dragon Ball, but I feel like Frieza's kind of queer. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. like I feel non-binary. Like Zarbon is definitely queer code. But like that's about it. But like I honestly feel like Goku's the type of character like that if someone was like, oh, I'm non-binary, he would be like, I don't know what that is, but I respect it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, she'd probably just think it was like a rice ball or something. Probably. That's probably very accurate. <laughs> when does Frieza show up in the show? Because I didn't. We didn't see him in the first two episodes. Oh. So we have quite a bit to go. So essentially, we have Raditz coming in, right? So Raditz is like the introduction to the new bigger world of right. Dragon Ball. And after Raditz happens, you have the next arc, which is the Saiyans arc. And when the Saiyans arc ends, we get the Namek arc. So essentially, Raditz is a. Remember, at one point, Raditz is like, there's two more Saiyans and they're even stronger than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they eventually come in, that's the Saiyans arc. At the end of the Saiyans, one of them gets away and he goes to planet Namek. And planet Namek is where you meet Frieza. Mm. That's one of the characters that's like very recognizable from this show, too. Yeah. Frieza is one of my favorite villains. My least favorite villain is Cell. Cell? His Cell's penis so cool. shaped head. That's only in one of his transformations. I hate him. I'm Googling no, this right now. He has had generally penis shaped head, I guess. I like Cell. He's one of my favorites. 
a point to bring up here is Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Oh. You've seen some of Dragon yeah, Ball you guys Z Abridged, showed me, Casey. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen a little bit of it somewhere. Tune in to our bonus episode on Abridged Anime. Sadly. To hear Casey react to that. Sadly, I had to miss that episode. But, like, the thing is, Casey, I've barely watched any Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, et cetera, et cetera. But I've watched all of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Interesting. I tried to watch the original, and it just... I'm not saying it's bad writing or anything, but it's just so boring to me. Like, the fights that do take 12 episodes to finish... It's not for me. Like, the charging up and stuff. I don't feel like you've given Dragon Ball Z a fair shake. I just don't think you have. Moving on. <laughs> PJ, question. Was this your first anime that you were... I think we, we talked about before this was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So then, um, and I know, like, Skylar, when we did talk about your anime, you still obviously Sailor Moon was your favorite. PJ, knowing this is your, like, favorite, what makes for you this series, like, so timeless? I'm not blind to my own biases, right? I think a lot of it's nostalgia, right? I mean, Skylar's the Sailor Moon because of nostalgia. You know, it, I can objectively say there's probably better anime out there, but it's n- there's no anime that is better to me than, than Dragon Ball Z, right? Mm. Dragon Ball Z just, A, a mini, miniaturely, it's nostalgia, but I think overall, I think the right anime to watch when I was younger, like, it's a lot about perseverance and powering through your own limitations to become better mm. and constantly rising to the challenge, which becomes a trope of the shonen genre, but it's really born here. And, you know, Goku is just constantly optimistic. And Gohan is honestly what really sells the show for me. He is constantly trying to do right by the world, especially because he's not like Goku where all he thinks about is fighting. He does want to do good in school. He does want to have a good life and start a family and do these things. But at the end of the day, he also respects the responsibility that comes with being someone as powerful as he is. And that's something that I really love about it. And I, I also just really love kind of how serious the show can get. Because a lot of like cheaper shonen kind of try to do it, but they don't succeed that well. We generally watch good shonen on this channel because I, I haven't really gotten us to the point where we have to start watching anime I don't like. <laughs> but there are a lot of shonen that try to kind of capture that Dragon Ball energy, but you just you just can't do it if you don't write it correctly. Right. And I mean, there there are things that people don't like, right? Like Skylar doesn't like how long the fights last, and that's a typical complaint of people. But I think, you know, what I really respect about it is that the fights don't feel cheap they there is weight to them and they can take a long time part of it don't get me wrong part of it literally is the fight hasn't ended in the manga yet so we need to do like two extra episodes because we're waiting for this to finish right but regardless like i think the tension and the like intensity that comes with the show is really like something i love i love the the heart that the show has because I mean, at the end of the day, Goku is a good character and he wants to do good by the world. And you see that in this episode, right? Like he's like, I don't care what you're saying about my life, my past. I'm a human. I have been on this earth my entire life and I'm going to defend it from you. And I mean, I think it's something that you really resonate with as a kid is just this character that is inherently good, but isn't like altruistic, like someone like a Superman, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess all I want is a show of Vegeta. Well, I mean, like, look, he's an important character of the show. He's there a lot. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like, I I get it. It's not your cup of tea, Skylar, but it also is your cup of tea. I just think because you do like Dragon Ball Z Abridged and Dragon Ball Z Abridged sure makes it funnier, but it also keeps the core storytelling concepts very intact. Right. Dragon Ball Z is so well known. Like, I think when people think about anime, this is like it's Sailor Moon, it's 
Pokemon, Pokemon. Yeah, and then Dragon Ball Z. It's like that is a core essential part of what people think of with anime. And I think based on what you said, knowing the shonen that we've seen, a lot of the core values, I guess, of what you described Dragon Ball Z is, it's kind of like a traditional, like, I think what a lot of shonens try to do also is teach the whole like perseverance thing and kind of to stand up for your, you know, what's right. And it is the granddaddy of the genre. Yeah. All shonen can tie their roots back to Dragon Ball Z in one way or another. There is so much fan art in the anime community of like Goku with like little kid versions of whatever the popular anime is of the time, essentially implying like Goku is the father of this genre. It'll go even further, like where it'll be like an older Goku, older Luffy and an older Naruto, like watching over like a Deku and and like a Tanjiro and like the new kids of the genre because like they are you know definitely considered the roots yeah absolutely i mean let's even look back to like just last week you were even making comparisons to gone being similar to goku well, yeah because gone is like a kind of counter idea to goku right like it is a love letter to dragon ball in a way but it is also such a subversion, which is a thing I brought up a lot during the Hunter Hunter episode, which is Hunter Hunter is a subversion of the shonen genre. But it's kind of like, what if a different author was telling that Dragon Ball story? Right. Almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is what a, a thing I love about it. And I think that's what why it's even more well-received than Dragon Ball, because it's almost like this alt-reality alt of Dragon Ball. I love my AUs. Yeah. <laughs> seeing, just like, just seeing all the shonen we've seen so far, I can definitely see why then, why then Dragon Ball Z is kind of, it carries that weight. I'm assuming, I don't, we don't get to see too much of it, obviously, but specialized powers. Can you elaborate on that, PJ? So everyone, to some extent, has specialized powers. For everyone has internal energy, and that's what you call key, right? But everyone can manipulate it differently. So everyone has their own ability. So Goku has the most famous. It has He has the Kamehameha wave, Kamehameha. That sounds like a Hawaiian drink I would have had. And he has, like, the spirit bomb. You know, Vegeta has, like, Gallic gun. Krillin has a Destructo disc. Piccolo has Hellzone Barrage. Like, everyone has these, like, interesting ways of using key abilities. There is also transformations, such as, like, Goku going Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan 2, Super Saiyan 3, more in the other series, but we don't have to get into that. And even, like, Frieza goes through transformations. Like, there's a lot of specialized powers within the show, for sure. Hmm. A big part of the show is evolution and transformation. Because Goku goes through a lot of transformations. All of his enemies do too. Literally all of the big three enemies in Dragon Ball Z go through transformations. Frieza goes in his first form, second form, defense form, and final form. Cell goes Cell, Imperfect Cell, Bug Cell, Imperfect Cell, and Perfect Cell, and True Perfect Cell. And then Boo goes Fat Boo, Evil Boo, Super Boo, Kid Boo. Everyone has transformation levels, essentially, that it's kind of like, you know, when you're playing a video game and you defeat the boss and now you have to fight the stronger version of the boss, like at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1. You know what? I would say that Boo, I like him less than Cell. Hmm. Boo's kind of annoying, but he's also kind of like lit. But yeah, Boo like literally turns people into chocolate and eats them. Mm-hmm. I love Boo in uh, Monsters, Inc. So good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now that's a Dragon Ball Z crossover I want to see. <laughs> right? They walk through one of the doors. <laughs> it's Dragon Ball Z. Oh, man. That'd be good. <laughs> oh, he walks into Gohan's bedroom. Oh, cute. <laughs> I feel like this episode has just been me going on a five-hour rant about how much I love Dragon Ball. That's okay. But that's kind of what we wanted, though, right? That's what I wanted. <laughs> that's what I came up here for. So let's separate ourselves from this. I feel like we've... Is there anything else you guys want to talk about with the episodes? No. Just 
I think there's so much about Dragon Ball Z, as you talked about, like in like when you were kind of going over all the content they created, like, I don't know, I think it was more important for me, at least I wanted to hear more about just the background of the show and kind of more of what happens going forward. Awesome. Well, then let's talk about the music for Dragon Ball Z. So let's talk about our opening song, which is Chala Head Chala by Hironobu Kageyama. Casey, what did you think of that intro? Cute, fun, very of its time. Does that make, you know what I mean? I 100% like, yeah. agree. 100% agree. Yeah. yeah, this is totally something I would have loved and like been excited about hearing like shown on Saturday mornings, like that intro. It's just high, like that like 80s, 90s time sound. Yeah, no, I mean, I love Chala Head Chala, but it's uh, uh, again, just like a lot of things, it's very nostalgic for me. But I mean, because they actually, which we'll get to a little bit later in my new segment, but in Spanish, they did also play Chala Head Chala, not in America, but in Spanish, they did also play Chala Head Chala. And I mean, I just, it's fun. I, I agree. It's not like, it's definitely not in my like top list or anything, but it's a fun song. I like it. Like, I would probably skip through it. You know how there's some animes where like, oh, it's sacrilegious to skip through the opening unless like a really intense thing is happening. But yeah, like I would probably press forward, but it's still like a cute song. Yeah, I would. I probably I press forward when I watch Dragon Ball Z. Like, it's understandable. <laughs> Let's talk about the closing song, though. That's Detekoi Tobikiri Zenkai Power by Mana. Skylar, why don't you kick us off with what you thought about that? I thought it was very cute. Very it's adorable. It's very different, right? Like, it's very, mm-hmm. it's a very unique style of music. It was very unexpected for this anime. Yeah. It felt very like mermaid melody to me. Oh, yeah. What about you, Casey? Uh, you know what's funny? Like, we were saying on the first one, it's skippable. I, I feel like if I'm like separating these, if the intro is, it's something fun and nostalgic, but I think the second one is something I would want to listen to outside of like, I guess like regularly. Does that make any sense? Because it's like, you would put on a playlist, like a casual playlist. Yeah. Basically. Like, I would not want to hear the intro like willingly outside, but the intro is still fun and nostalgic. <laughs> But the outro has like, it's just more, I don't know, something I appreciate more. I don't know. I don't. I completely agree. Like when I think back, literally, I watched the intro and I was like, ah, uh, yeah, Chala Head Chala. But when I started listening, wa- watching the outro, I actually had like nostalgic flashbacks to watching it because it was a much stronger memory because I think it is a lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Yeah. No, I love those songs. Let's jump into my second favorite podcast segment. What modern or contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Casey, why don't you kick us off with Chala Hedchala? So for Chala Hedchala, gosh, I did say that one right, I think. You did. You did. I'm trying to think of like a 80s, 90s artist. I think I would do Randy Newman. I don't know. Like I'm thinking of like an 80s, like 90s artist that does like animation. Something that sounds goofy, kind of. Yeah. So I went with White Snake because I feel like their voices sound very similar and it was that 80s vibe. I completely agree. I mean, I went with Warrant. So we both oh, went in the hair metal vibes. Ooh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, we both went hair metal vibes for sure, which is I think what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But I still get the Randy Newman set because it is very much of its time. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on then to the closing song, Zenkai Power. Skylar, why don't you bounce this off with this one? Okay, so when I first heard the song, I was like, this voice reminds me of someone, and it was Madonna. 
when she's singing those like higher registers, that's exactly what it reminded me of. And it's got that kind of upbeat thing going on. I love it. I totally hear that. What about you, Casey? Yeah, I'm just like Skylar. I also thought 80s pop star, like I, it might have said Tina Marie. <laughs> that's like a really niche reference, but that's what I was thinking of also. Who's Tina Marie? Oh, wait, no, I wasn't trying to mean Tina Marie. I meant Paula Abdul. That's oh, I mean Paula Abdul? I, w- I, I could hear it. Yeah. I totally hear it. I went a little bit more like girl rocky. Mm-hmm. I and I struggled so hard to remember what the song was. You guys were there for it. Yeah. I went with La Tigre. La Tigre. Yeah. Is that from that one lucha? I knew you were going to say that. That's El Tigre. <laughs> Actually, no, that's different. Yeah, no, there is a yeah, there was a cartoon called El Tigre. No, La Tigre. It has they have that song Decepticon. Okay. It's more that like cuz that's how I don't know, the song the the vocals are very like girl rock to me. Yeah. I mean, but it still sounds so 80s. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I don't know. That's just where my brain went with it. Was the yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I love. I like all of those options for sure. But that's not the only intro that people might know for Dragon Ball Z. Americans might know it by a different name. It's time for us to once again revisit our new segment, American versus Japanese OP. So we're going to show you, Casey, the American opening to Dragon Ball Z. All right, Casey, what did you think of the American OP, Rock the Dragon? Uh, it's better <laughs> than the Japanese one. I'm sorry. I don't like disagree. That. I love Rock the Dragon. I think it is one of the sickest openings. So good. A trap that I fall into for these segments, anytime you mention that there is one, my mind immediately goes to the Digimon theme song. So literally, before you press play, I was just like, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Masters, Dragon Ball is the <laughs> champion. Digimon. Digital monsters, Digimon, uh, the champion, so good. And what I really like about it, I mean, it's more high intensity, but you know, I think you get Chala Head Chala because, uh, you know, it's a continuation of an adventure anime. And I think that's the vibe they're still going for. Whereas mm. the American version is like, no, this is action. This is intensity. We're going to get fights. We're going to get aliens and you're going to get it. And like, literally, I love that they keep the fighting sounds going in it too. Like you have fighting scenes, which you get in all anime OP, but they have the audio from the episode when they're fighting just happening in the background. I, I dig it. I think it's so sick. I do think this is the reason why so many Dragon Ball Z fans might be toxic. Yeah. But like, it was way more engaging. This is pump up yep. music. Like you could play this yeah. while you're trying to beast mode through some weights at the gym. You could play this while you're cyber bullying someone on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you can. Similar to how <laughs> I have the Mortal Kombat theme song on my workout playlist. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, good choice. Rock the Dragon is so good. Rock the Dragon. Rock the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer the I mean I think we know the answer uh, do you prefer the American or Japanese opening for this anime um that would be the American for me one of the only things America did right no I'm joking I'm joking it's true though yeah I know but no I think it's great you know uh, obviously we can't do this segment every episode because a lot of anime just kept their openings which I respect a lot most of the time because sometimes mm-hmm. the American versions are not great which we will definitely get to episodes where that happens but this is fun <laughs> totes love it awesome well with that segment wrapped up let us take another break to show you some context give you a little bit more of what dragon ball actually is and then we'll be back with your closing thoughts and our closing segments so stay tuned
Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here, thanking you as always for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode. This is anime podcasting. This is to go beyond anime podcasting. And to go beyond even that is quite a disappointment showed in All-Stars Month, which has sadly come to a close. We hope you had as much fun listening to these episodes as we had recording them. But next month, as always, brings a new theme. So listen to the end of this ad break for the reveal and the lineup. Or find out about each episode as it releases by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Pod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group, where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Hey, everybody. So sorry for this cute little inception moment, but we have another important announcement. Instead of each episode being released on Mondays, we're moving them to Tuesdays. Hey, lots of great things happen on Tuesdays. You got Taco Tuesdays, Throwback Tuesdays, Terrorize the Bourgeoisie Tuesdays. With that said, I'm going to go look for Leonardo DiCaprio and his spinning top. Back to you, PJ. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Tune in next Tuesday as we don our rainbow gear and celebrate all the shades of the Alphabet Mafia as we kick off Pride Month. That's right, these queers are going to be talking about some of our favorite LGBTQIA anime. The month will start out with the gay crime thriller Banana Fish, moving on to Wandering Sun, then Revolutionary Girl Utena, before wrapping up with Gravitation. We're here, we're queer, and next month you have to get used to Kawaii Disappointment's Pride Month lineup. You won't want to miss it. Now, back to the podcast. Alright, we're back and we had Casey watch some additional clips, see some additional power-ups, some additional transformations, and some additional Kamehameha waves. Casey, after all of that, tell me, what do you think about Dragon Ball Z? I can honestly say that Goku would beat Sailor Moon. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's happened! No, no, I'm teasing, I'm joking. Oh no. You have to say it the other way, like, um, actually, uh, Goku could totally beat Sailor Moon. Oh, that was good, Yeah, you have to be like, you know. Oh, oh, I got this, I got this, guys. This is my comic book nerd impression from Simpsons. I've been working on and Ed hates it. Um, actually, I believe that uh, Goku could destroy Sailor Moon with his barrage of attacks. <laughs> I feel like that's more Quinn from Daria. It's Sandy from Daria. <laughs> Sandy from Daria. That's what I meant. I yeah. always say that. They're every the same person. Time. Yeah, that's just Sandy from Daria. They're the same person. <laughs> um, actually, Quinn. <laughs> Queen, you cannot be part of the fashion club if you're picking Goku over Sailor Moon. Oh, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh uh, gosh. But tell me, yeah, uh, what did you what did you think about it? Yeah, really fun. You know what it is? It's simple enough as a concept to like lure you in. Like in terms of like it has a lot of the basics of, of any good kind of action, you know, um hero style like story. But the lore and the variety of different characters keeps you, like, engaged. And, like, I definitely saw a lot of characters that I was, like, super interested in. And um, I could see the lore just keeping me sucked in further past this. My toxic uh, Dragon Ball Max masculinity was growing as I saw more clips. And that's how you know I was becoming a fan. Over 9,000? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Skylar, did the context help your opinion of the show at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate Dragon Ball Z. It's just not my, like, cup of tea. Like, I could sit down and watch it, but I'd probably just be on my phone a lot of the time. You know what I mean? No. 
<laughs> Clearly not. It's my it was good anime except for the fact time. that I would never watch it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't mind if it was on. But it's just not something I would pick out. Unless it was Dragon Ball Z bridge, I don't know. She's she said, "I get it straight, guys. Let's keep it moving." There's obviously parts of the show that I do like, you know, Vegeta. <laughs> As a dad, specifically, anything Vegeta does, I fully support. Mm-hmm. Hashtag my president, Vegeta. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, like again, like I don't hate it at all. Like it's just not like my favorite thing. Like. When I sit down and watch like Hunter Hunter with you and stuff like that, I fucking love that shit. It's so good. All right, so Casey, did you end up with a favorite character throughout all of this? You know what? I just love Piccolo. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like more like Diccolo. Right, like I was so oh. You know what like they say like the, there's a part of your brain that like that love stuff is right next to the part of the brain that hates stuff. I think I was confused that I would hate Piccolo, and then I realized I love Piccolo. I knew Piccolo, it. famously very black-coated character. Well, there you go. Why not more? That just adds more. <laughs> Skylar, I feel like I know who yours is. Is it Vegeta? <laughs> um, actually, it is Bulma. No, I'm joking. Yeah, it's totally <laughs> Vegeta. Yeah, I love Vegeta. He's great. I love Piccolo too. Piccolo and Vegeta are pretty great. Both voiced by Chris Sabat. Huh. PJ, what's your favorite character? My favorite character is Trunks. Oh. I fucking knew it. I do I love mean, come Trunks. on. I mean, look, you already have this super cool, badass boy anime with like all these like, you know, super strong guys shooting out energy beams. And then you have one of them that can do that and rocks a sword. That's just awesome. Also, he's hot as hell. I had a huge crush on Trunks, like future Trunks, obviously. It's actually like a, a pretty clear through line I've found personally is, you know, there's the toxic boy fandom for Dragon Ball Z, but there's also just a general fandom for Dragon Ball Z, right? It's very beloved. And you do have a lot of like women and queers that did love Dragon Ball Z growing up. And the women in queer section of Dragon Ball Z all think Trunks is a daddy. Mm. <laughs> the Trunks spinoff anime would have been in our Pride Month lineup for sure. <laughs> there is, and one of the OVAs is Trunks spinoff based. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> because Trunks is from an alternate future where one of the enemies has killed everyone. And he comes back in time to make sure that doesn't happen. But he's super hot. <laughs> Do you want to explain who Trunks' parents are? I mean, spoilers for anyone that has it to Dragon Ball Z and is planning on watching it for some reason. It is Vegeta and Bulma, which is like a whole thing because, you know, Vegeta, as you can see, is like a villain, but then becomes part of the good guys, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like a complicated relationship, very similar to Piccolo. You know, it's kind of like that thing that we were talking about a little bit with Naruto, but a little different where like he kind of like gets these villains to like understand that humanity is worth something. Mm -hmm. In all honesty, uh, Vegeta was like the first exposure to that trope that I had. So, like, obviously, when I, like, would fringe watch it with my cousin, I was like, oh, Vegeta, who cares? I don't like him. He's a bad guy. And then, like, when Vegeta does have that turn, I was like, what? You're a bad boy who's not trying to kill everyone? And I think that was kind of, like, the moment where I was like, Vegeta is my favorite and has been my favorite. Yeah. And so, you know, his dad is Vegeta. And so he has to kind of keep that a secret. But it's like a whole thing. Trunks' story arc is very good. I like, I want to clarify, future Trunks is my future character. Because obviously then you have, like, kid Trunks who that hasn't gone through that trauma and didn't get all hot. Mm -hmm. When he gets hot, I mean, in GT. Because, like, he's kind of like a loser in GT because he's not hot, hot trauma Trunks. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the trauma only way makes you can it be hotter. hot is if you have trauma. That's right. Look at us. He Look had to us. learn how to fight with a sword, and you know, like it was, <laughs> ooh, ooh, the sword. The sword does it for me. Yeah. But all right, so we got your thoughts, your favorite character, Casey. In the time of the commercial break, I've taken the time to gather all seven Dragon Balls, <gasps> and I am going to do a little wish here, and I'm going to say, Almighty Shenron, we summon you. What is your wish? <laughs> I wish for you to have Casey tell us if he will continue watching Dragon Ball Z. So it shall be. Casey, will you continue watching Dragon Ball Z? Um, wow. Can't believe you used your wish on that. But yes, I will continue watching Dragon Ball Z. Lame. (laughs) (laughs) Lame. Hey, I've got a job I love, a wife I love, and a best friend I love. What else could I want? Aww. How about for, like, capitalism to not exist and, like, have a government that cares about the people? If capitalism didn't exist, I wouldn't have the job I have. (laughs) What if you wished for us to be all Super Saiyan characters? Nah, it's too much power. No, 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 because you would still whoa, whoa, work whoa, whoa, the jobs whoa, whoa, whoa. you like. I've already made my wish, thank you. I would like my wish to be fulfilled. What if you had trunks? Okay, Casey, what would your wish be? Okay, no, 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 no. Casey, will you continue watching Dragon Ball? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Oh, God, I love it, I love it, I love it. Not a waste of a wish, regardless of what anyone says. Uh, <laughs> That's a lie. Thanks, almighty You're Shenron. lying to yourself. <laughs> I actually had a secret wish uh, when I captured the Dragon Balls, you know, a bit ago, which was that Shodan All-Stars Month would be a clean sweep, five for five win on Kawhi's successes. And my wish came true because Casey has liked every anime this month. You know who also had a secret wish? Timmy Turner. That's all I have to say. That's true. Timmy's secret wish, the controversy, the drama. The conflama, the drama, everything. Oh, God. I love it. I love it. You know what? Next time, I'll have to summon Paranga because Paranga does give you three wishes instead of one. Oh, yeah. You should ask him. And then you could have got sexy hot trunks as to be here as one of your wishes. Yeah. We could have been a thruple with hot trunks, hot trauma trunks. I would just leave you for trunks. (gasps) Oh, you wouldn't share trunks with Skylar? No. Wow. She doesn't like Dragon Ball. She doesn't deserve trunks. Wow. Sorry, Sky. I was I was written for you three you, you know, you three together. All right. Well, I do have a secret, which is that I actually did summon Paranga. <gasps> um, and I did make a second and third wish, but I did them in Namekian, so you guys just didn't notice. Oh my gosh. So my second wish was actually that we would get to do my favorite podcast segment. <gasps> Oh my gosh, great wish choice. Is there an MV for that? AMV Anime Music Videos Is there an MV for that? All right, Casey, you know the rules, and so do I. Uh, why don't you give me a song and artist for Dragon Ball Z? Well, obviously, using all of my integrity, Super Saiyan power, <laughs> I am going to say Fighter by Christina Aguilera as an Ooh, obvious yeah, choice to me. Hello. It's a, that song is about perseverance. Song. <gasps> what? That's like one of my favorite Christina Aguilera theme, song, or theme songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, I do know that song. Wait, no. Yeah. I think Thanks for making me a fighter. Yeah, Is that's that the that song. song. That's that song, yeah. All right, Casey. I have looked it up, and there is an AMV to fighter <gasps> for Dragon Ball Z. I went with my heart. This is so amazing. You got to go with your heart. It's what matters. Thanks for making me a fighter, and thank you for making me win this round. And I will say, I did have to, there was only one for Dragon Ball Z. There were like two for Dragon Ball Super, but unfortunately, we are not doing Dragon Ball Super this oh, week. Oh, well, damn. 
I'll take it. Though. But you still got your three points, and you'll love to see it. Skylar has not seen all of the anime, but she has seen all of Dragon Ball Z Abridged, so I will disqualify her from this one. <gasps> because she knows all of the plot, so she can still pick stuff out. Yeah, I would go with Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my favorite Dragon Ball Z AMV of all time, because Dragon Ball Z was how I started getting into AMVs, is actually this very good Linkin Park by myself AMV for the history of Trunks. If you have not seen it, literally just look up by myself, Dragon Ball Z AMV. It is so good that people have recreated it multiple times, frame for frame, like as a tribute to the original, because it is that good. Favorite AMV, hands down. I've seen it. PJ has shown it to me. Yeah, it's so good. We all have our comfort AMVs and that. We all have our comfort AMVs, except for Casey. Yeah, I'm like, um, no. Not yet. (laughs) Hard pass for me, Uh, sis. And I will now reveal the final wish. I made with Paranga, which was for there to be a secret wish for a secret fourth point. So it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus point. Is there an AMV for Evanescence Bring Me to Life for Dragon Ball Z? I don't, I legitimately, I'm not even going to look this up. I know the answer is yes. yes. I've seen a million of Has them. to be. Right. So that's four points in the book. Five kawaii successes in the book. Three wasted wishes in the book. Three wasted wishes, <laughs> two bad co-hosts, and a PJ and a pear tree. And by PJ, we mean Piccolo Jr. Piccolo Jr. Uh, they're not bad. They're just drawn that way. <laughs> exactly. He's only saying that because we're complete messes. By drawn that way, I mean they have ADHD and it makes editing this podcast a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Should have wished for us not to have ADHD. <laughs> Damn it. That's the first one I would have actually done. But you know what? Real talk. Do you think this podcast would be half as interesting if you guys were more focused? No. no. That's the key. No. It's with the magic. It's where we get all the tangents the, the, the guests love. What happens, though, I hate is anytime I'm re-listening to episodes, I like will immediately make a joke. I'm just like, why couldn't this have happened? When we were p- fucking recording the conversation. See, where I have the better version of that, where I'll be listening and I- someone will say something and I'll make like a stupid joke in my head and laugh and then I'll immediately say it on the podcast and I'm like, way to go, PJ. You're so goddamn funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's amazing. Like while I'm editing, like Casey will say something or you'll say something and I'll just in my head respond with like some pun response and then I'll actually say it and I'm like, good on you, Peach. God. No, when I was editing the One Piece episode, I was just like, man, there are like five things that I could have said right here that were like so fucking funny. Like, I hate it. It's like the worst version of of like replaying a fight in your head in the shower because you actually like are actually re-listening to it. Luckily, I've never made a mistake on the podcast, so I just can't really relate to that. But with all of those mistakes in mind, uh, (laughs) including all of Casey's many, I think that is where we are going to have to call it for this episode as well as where we are going to have to call it for Shonen All-Stars Month. Again, tune in next month as we celebrate Pride Month by doing our very own Anime Pride Month. But until then, we hope you had a good time. We hope you had a fun time. We hope you had a Dragon Ball time, a Z time, a Saiyan time, a Super Saiyan time. This is what it means to go even further beyond Super Saiyan time. But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I have been PJ. I've been Skylar. And I'm off to watch the reboot of a bad Adam Sandler movie. Don't mess with the Gohan. 
Casey. <laughs> that's 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 a good one. That's gold, baby. Ah, all stars. Nothing but the best. Yeah, that was so funny. All right, bye everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Going super saiyan. Bye.